Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. We're ex-Mormon Christians united for Jesus. Find us at unveilingmormonism.com. My name is Lynn Wilder. And I'm Michael Wilder. And I, I've got a note here. I just uh, uh, got to uh, put this up here. Uh, so um, it says here, you know, uh, for the best results, uh, try not to do anything stupid. Okay, so I've got this looking at me here. So Is that for to, you or for that's Matt? For, no, that's for me. That's for me. That's that's on my desk. Okay, so uh, if I say something really stupid and dumb, Matt, you know, just forgive me. I'm 71 years old. My goodness. Uh, so so anyway, uh, let's move on here. Hey, uh, we just had a great previous time, and for the people. You know, you got, got to go back and watch the previous episode before you watch this one. But we were talking about righteousness, okay? And Matt was talking about how in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, uh, it states so clearly, and Jesus stated, you know, we can count on the Old Testament, that it states that Abraham was found righteous before God because of his faith, okay? All Christians know that, okay? But in Mormonism, at least in their doctrine, it's taught that Abraham was found righteous because of his actions. Okay, so Len, give us this specific verse where it says this in Doctrine and Covenants 132. This is one of the uh, four pieces of Mormon scripture. This is from the Doctrine and Covenants, which is supposedly revelations from Jesus Christ to Mormon prophets. This is DNC 132.36, received by Joseph Smith, supposedly, on the 1830s. Abraham received concubines. This is the scripture. <clears throat> and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. It says several times in the Bible, right, that Abraham had faith and that was accounted unto him for righteousness. Let me read the rest of this scripture. Abraham received concubines and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he abode in my law as Isaac also and Jacob did. They have entered into exaltation. That's the highest kingdom in Mormonism, according to the promises, and sit upon thrones and are not angels, but are gods. Okay. So in Mormonism, we know we have three, at least six gods. Okay. We have God the Father. Jesus Christ is a God. The Holy Ghost is a God in Mormonism. And now in your own scriptures, it says Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sit upon thrones and are gods. So something to think about, uh, especially when your Mormon friends say, well, we don't believe in the other gods. We believe in one God. That's that's not what's in your scripture. So anyway, and the other thing that Matt was uh, talking about that was so exciting was talking about uh, the Trinity uh, and how Mormons get so, so com confused because they don't understand the Trinity and they actually teach incorrect doctrine about the Trinity. But what's interesting in Mosiah and the Book of Mormon, uh, Joseph Smith tries to sound like the Trinity and he says that Jesus and the Father are one or are, you know, are the same. And, and that it that's modalism that when God speaks as Jesus, 
he's Jesus, but then he turns his head around so like the good cop, cop bad cop on um, a Lego uh, that one time he speaks as Jesus and he spins his head around. The next time he speaks as God or the Holy Spirit, that's modalism. And we know that under the Trinity, there is one being, there is one God and in that God, we have three persons whom we call the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are co-eternal and co-equal. They've always been, and they speak for one another the same. They are unit 100%. So that's a quick definition of the Trinity. So moving on here, uh, Lim, what questions do we have for Matt? Well, this is part four with Matt Eklund. Matt's a former LDS missionary who has chosen the Jesus of the Bible. He actually is part of a podcast called the Outer Brightness Podcast. Please look them up. They're, they're wonderful. Um, Matt, at the end of the last episode, told us many of the things that he had read in the Bible that were bumping up against Mormonism. And then he came to a point of decision, and he hasn't really told us about that specific moment of decision yet. I want to ask you about that. Welcome back. Yes, thank you very much, Sarah. I was muted myself. Yes, um, so I guess I should back up and say that uh, I feel like I had before I made the decision to finally leave the LDS church, I feel like I had my born again experience uh, during that period where I was still questioning when I was still trying to find answers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, so it was after my shelf breaking moment I described in the previous episodes. Um, I'd kind of come to a point where, you know, I, I, I just felt so confused and, and kind of scared and, and didn't know what to do. And, uh, you know, I was like, God, you know, I, I don't know what you are. You know, I was like, I'm willing to accept you if you're a Trinity. I'm willing to accept you if you're the LDS view of God or something else. You know, I was like, I, I, I was just kind of humbled to the point where I didn't know what to believe. And so I kind of was just like driven to my knees and I said, God, I don't, you know, I'm not going to trust anything I do anymore because it feels like everything I try to do gets worse. <laughs> so I just felt driven to my knees and just prayed, God, please forgive me. And, and you know, just rescue me from this, the, my sin and, and, you know, accept me as, as your child. And I felt like that was my born again experience. It was a really uh, amazing experience where I just felt like all that anxiety and that fear and that, that, that anguish and confusion was just completely gone. And that's something I'd never felt as Latter-day Saint, you know, we, we talked earlier about how it feels like there's fleeting moments of peace or fleeting moments of, of assurance, but it's like, oh, you know, you, you mess up and you're like, oh, great. Uh, you know, I'm definitely not getting to the celestial kingdom now. And so you kind of like work on that, 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 uh, that hamster wheel to try to get back up. But I felt like at that point, that's when the peace washed over me. And so I felt like I was like a born again Mormon, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, well, you know, I believe in the Trinity and I believe that God's completely justified me, but you know, I'm, I'm still going to be LDS. But um, it, I think it really was, um, I'll describe it a little bit how I was standing at a, a bus stop the next year and uh, I was reading the, the God who justifies by James White and how he's talking about imputation of righteousness and crediting of righteousness. And I was reading that and it just like clicked in my mind. You know, I'd, I'd read things about, you know, imputation and crediting of righteousness and justification, but it didn't really quite make sense, but it just kind of clicked when it says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. And I read that and I was like, that's, that's just as clear as day. You know, how, how do I get around that? How do I get around what God has spoken so clearly? And so then it, it, I felt like I was metaphysically and metaphorically presented with two doors. I was like, okay, I've either got to continue on the path where I am now 
and go through that door. You know, take the take the red pill <laughs> if you want to use a matrix term. <laughs> take take the red pill and re- recognize that this is where God is leading me. This path that that I'm trusting in Him alone. Or I've got to go in this left door. I've got to take the blue pill and just continue to stay in the LDS faith and continue to try to believe what they teach. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to stand before God and be judged, I'm either going to have Joseph Smith on my side or I'm going to have the Bible on my side. And I said, and I thought to myself, well, if I'm wrong, I'll have the Bible on my side and be like, okay, God, you said this in the Bible. So why, you know, this is it. You know, if I'm wrong, then the Bible's wrong with me is kind of how I framed it in my mind. And and then I said, well, if I choose Joseph Smith and I'm wrong, then I'm going to have Joseph Smith on my side. So which side would I rather be on, Joseph Smith's side or the Bible? And so when that God kind of brought me to that point of realization, I was like, well, I'm I'm going to be on the Bible side. So I still went to church. Uh, you know, I, I was waiting for the bus, the couple bus rides to get to the church in Albany. Um, but at that point, I was basically mentally out. You know, I was completely God had like severed all the ties I had in terms of like my devotion to the LDS church at that point. Okay. Um, did you give up your membership at some point? And, and why did you do that? What I'm thinking is um, people ask us in ministry all the time, right? Can you be born again and Mormon? My son, Micah, answers that this way. If a true born-again experience has happened like it did with you, Matt, then you are no doubt headed out of the Mormon church because there's too much cognitive dissonance, scripture to scripture, if you begin to trust the Bible as your source, right, to be able to stay in Mormonism. Yeah, I think... That's a that's a touchy topic because I like I said I think uh, so this experience that I just described where I felt like God you know completely made me you know mentally out of the church that was early I think January or February of 2017 and uh, but I feel like my that born again experience I said that I had previously was in like the summer of 2016 and so I did I didn't have all my ducks lined up you know I didn't have all my doctrine figured out but I feel like when I put all my trust in Christ was in 2016 so during that year I feel like you know people ask, can Mormons be saved? Well, I, I truly believe that if I had died anywhere between that time when I had that experience and 2017, when I left the church, I I would be with Christ because I wasn't putting my trust in any man or anything I did, but in Christ alone. And so I think you can be a born again, uh, Latter-day Saint. But like you said, there is, if God is really, if you're really born again and you have the Holy Spirit and he's leading you to truth through his word, I agree with you completely um, that you'll feel uncomfortable. I, I mean, I know there's a lot of reasons why LDS stay LDS, you know, for, uh, you know, for family reasons or for, you know, pressure or things like that. But I feel like if you're really born again, you won't feel comfortable hearing what the LDS church teaches week after week after week versus what scripture teaches. So that, hopefully God will lead them out. But I, I know that there's reasons why some people stay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting because I, it took me a while to work through everything. Yep. Until this God decided to beat, to beat me up with the Bible. I mean, it just it just gets to a point where you cannot lie to yourself and you cannot lie to God. Okay. And I agree with you hundred percent. Once you had that born again experience, you are son, it's it's a done deal. And if you died and you were still a member of the LDS church, that's that's not important. That's done. Okay. That's just a piece of paper. 
Uh, it's what you believe in your mind and your heart. Now, we, now we'll use the heart as a good thing. What you believe from a scripture standpoint that you are now, um, as you stated earlier, you're reading Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, you know, by, you know, you can't do this by works. You know, it's it's by grace alone you are saved. But then in Ephesians 2, I think it's 2.10, it says, for now we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now we become a new being in Christ. Now our works will be manifested just by what we believe. And you hit that point, you are saved. It's a done deal. In fact, it's uh, you were talking about back in John chapter 6 when, you know, Jesus was feeding the thousand and some of them believed and some of them you know, couldn't come to him and they were not his sheep, but they were there. Uh, and then Jesus says on, it says, no man can come unto me except the father, which had sent them, draws him. Okay. Draw them to him. And I will raise them up in the last day. And by our faith in Jesus, he takes it from there. Okay. He, he, you know, we're not going to, uh, um, uh, be because we don't understand everything. But long as we've put our faith in Jesus, we'll be taken care of. That's why I will never ever point to Mormons and say, "Well, they're going to go to hell." I don't know right. their true conviction. Just like in your case and my case, you know, I became saved, but I was still officially in the LDS Church. And but I can state that their doctrine, their doctrine, is not correct. And you get to a point once I became saved. Okay, I could not even go to church. I could not go up there and give a testimony that I know the church is true. I know Joseph Smith was a prophet. I couldn't say that. I couldn't even sing the song praise to the man. God would not allow me to do that. And that's a whole separate story. I'll talk about that someday. But it's it's a fact that once you're drawn to him, you see everything totally different. So beautiful, beautiful words there. And it's a process. It's such a process. Similar for me, I read the Bible when I when Micah challenged me to just could not put it down for 10 months, surrendered to this God of the Bible, but had had no clue about the doctrinal stuff yet, right? Hadn't sorted it all out. And it was another almost a year and a half before Mike came along and then we gave up our membership in the church and certainly a year before we set foot into a church to try to figure it out. I mean, we we had tested a few things. And when I work with people in ministry who are leaving Mormonism, sometimes I encourage them not to set foot in the church for a while, just to be in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, in the Word, some good Bible teaching, maybe a small group Bible study, um, send them to some YouTube places. Because until you've been in the Word a while and you've gotten your Mormonism out and you have some framework for what's true, only then can you kind of make a choice for what church might even be a good choice to go to. Mormons tend to sometimes just take their allegiance from a Mormon prophet and then they're looking for a pope or they're looking for a pastor then that's going to mm. tell them everything. Um, and we want them to get connected to the word, obviously, like you did. So There's a lot of uh, anguish and things there. Stuff to deal with too, and anger and pain. Oh. But, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. 
No. There's a lot to work with. Yeah, that's exactly right. So do you want to tell us about some of that? Um, sure, yeah. Um, so in terms of the timeline, so again, about 2016 summer is when I think I had my born-again experience, but I was still trying to figure things out. I was trying to make make the whole Mormon thing work still, but like God just kept drawing me and he just kept pushing me towards the truth and I couldn't make it work. Early to 2017, I felt like I had that experience where I understood like God just made justification by faith alone, like really cemented in my mind. And so then I started looking into churches around that I could uh, join. And so uh, I, I started attending two different churches at the time. There was a, um, a Presbyterian church nearby in Schenectady, as well as a Baptist church in outside Albany. So I hadn't quite figured out my doctrine either. I was kind of attending both to try to figure it out. I studied, um, you know, baptism and, and things like that. And so I came to conviction of, of believers baptism. So I started to attend that church. I officially resigned from the church uh, that year. So uh, actually I submitted it sometime, I think at the end of April. And then I got the confirmation letter on uh, the 5th of May of 2017. So I, uh, I celebrate Cinco de Mayo uh, as the day where I, I left the church <laughs> officially. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, so then, and then I started attending, uh, I became a, so I, I became baptized in the the Baptist church I was attending uh, in 2019. And that's when I became officially a member. They kind of have a long process of, you know, kind of like mentorship and then training. And we go through their confession and, and their, their church uh, documents and to, to make sure, you know, if someone's kind of serious and they really understand it's kind of a catechesis uh, period. So I was baptized and joined the church in 2019. But yeah, that, I think they're, they're just the, the process of just uncoupling what I believe does Latter-day Saint and the Bible. It was both frustrating and scary, but it was also like really exciting. You know, mm. I was buying like study Bibles and commentaries and things like that. I was like, well, what do Christians think about like baptism for the dead? Or, or what do they think about like the end times? Or what do they think about this? It was kind of exciting to like have a whole new world opened up to you of different ideas and different things. Because as a Latter-day Saint, you're kind of like, Here's what we believe. That's it. You know, there's not a lot of wiggle room, but in terms of Christianity, there's a lot of wiggle room in terms of, you know, we have the core beliefs of, of the faith of, of the gospel of Christ and that we're justified in him alone. But beyond that, there's things you can differ on, like example, baptism, um, church government. And in our, in our podcast, uh, Paul and I, we talk about that. We talk about how you can have different views on church government. You can have different views on baptism. You can have different, you know, different views on, um, uh, the end times. There's a, there's topics where there's wiggle room, and we we have fellowship in Christ despite differences in that. And a lot of Latter Day Saints think, oh well, you don't. They see Christianity as like you know a lot a lot of different beliefs and a lot of different practices, and they see that as chaos. But um, and and from the outside, it, it from the inside of the LDS Church, looking outside, it is kind of scary. Like oh, there's who's there to tell you what to believe? Who's there to tell you what to 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 practice? But reading the word and like having that freedom, like, especially, uh, you know, like from an intellectual point of view, just not being told you have to believe this or else being told, well, here's what the word says. And here's my view on it versus someone else saying, well, I, I disagree. Here's what the word says on it. And I, I believe it says this, that to me was very refreshing and new and different and exciting. And, you know, you can, you can even have different views on like, you know, um, uh, creation, you know, within certain reason, of course, and you can have different views on certain topics and still be considered a, a brother or sister in Christ. And that was, that was, that was the exciting part of it. The, the frustrating part was losing, you know, the, the fear of losing friends. I didn't mention it, but um, uh, 
when I had kind of my, my shelf breaking experience, I was engaged to be married that summer in the temple. And so when I had that shelf breaking experience, I, I cut off my phone and, and, you know, I disconnected from everybody for a while. And when I turned my phone back on, my fiance at the time had told me, well, basically she, she'd ended the, the engagement. Right. So that was kind of really difficult to deal with. Um, Over the religion issue. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, because I told her, you know, I just don't, I'm struggling. I just don't think I can be LDS anymore. And then that's about all I said. So I respect her decision, you know, because I, I think I think LDS should they they shouldn't have to compromise their beliefs in marrying someone who doesn't want to be LDS. But it was very difficult. Um, so there were there were very many aspects that were very difficult, but there were also exciting aspects. So it's kind of a roller coaster ride, you know, that transition period <laughs> out of the LDS church. Oh, no, I, I I couldn't relate to that. <laughs> I mean, it was for us, Lynn, it was a smooth, you know, no problem. <laughs> no problems at no, all. <laughs> it, you know, I, that's one thing. It. I always tell people, I says, you know, it's not like going from a Methodist to a Baptist or from a right. Presbyterian to a Methodist. It's a huge paradigm shift when you come out of Mormonism into Christianity. I mean, really true Christianity. It's just people just can't comprehend it. You know, mm-hmm. and I always tell people, I said, well, just imagine everything, you know, as a Baptist, you know, you believe who Jesus is and everything you've been taught and that you believe in the Bible. Just pretend somebody proved all that was wrong. <laughs> would that mm-hmm. affect the way you would behave and how you would look at things? Of course it would. Um, and so I know that personally for me, it was huge once you started understanding that uh, uh, that wow, you know, there's anger, there's frustration, uh, and but there's also a freedom, not a freedom to sin, but a freedom of knowing that you are accepted who you are and that, yeah, you're not a perfect being, but Jesus, you know, he catches the fish first before he cleans it. (laughs) That's the whole thing about fishing. You know, you you don't go fishing and catch a perfect fish and ready to put in the frying pan. He he draws you in and he just loves you and you have no fear. You, you try to do the right things and you make mistakes and all that stuff, but but he's going to take care of you all the way through. As I stated earlier, you are created in Christ Jesus. It's a molding process. It's a learning process. And and but a lot of a lot of Christians still cannot comprehend. Oh well, just just quit going to Mormonism, resign and start being a Baptist or a Methodist. It's it's just not that easy, it's, especially with family, jobs and everything else, especially if you live in, in the inner mountain West. Definitely. I, I really love that that uh, analogy. You made. I'll have to remember that. That's good. I'm stealing that. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, one, so, one of my favorite uh, comments that I got leaving Mormonism, coming to Florida and starting to go to a church Someone at church said to me, aren't you a professor? You seem pretty intelligent. How stupid were you to join a cult? (laughs) By the way, Christians, that is not a good way to address a Mormon or a former Mormon. I was emotionally and in every way wacky for a good five years. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I I can testify of that. No, <laughs> true. Oh, oh, oh. Someday we'll talk, we'll talk about <laughs> some specifics, but probably not today. Uh, uh, no, no. Well, you know, the other thing, Matt, I, I, I've i got to bring this out. I, I think you have a podcast called Outer Darkness. Is that correct? 
uh, outer no. brightness. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. <laughs> outer darkness for the Christians out there means where Mormons go who are not good. Okay. It's called outer mm. darkness. I had to throw that in there. And, but the other thing I want to know is that you did this for the money, right? You're doing all this for the money. I mean, you, yeah, you do yeah. the podcast and you write books and you do all this research and you speak at places for the money. Mm. I, 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 I mean, that's what we do it for. We just do it for the money. So. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I think I'm still in the red for uh, what I purchased the, those books for. <laughs> so yeah, I'm still uh, negative. Uh, yeah. In terms of, yeah, no, I'll, obviously he's joking. Yes. We don't do it for the money. We do it because we have a love for Christ and a love for our Latter-day Saint friends. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, t- in terms of the podcast name, yes, uh, I was invited to join it uh, with um, uh, with Paul Nurnberg and Michael Flournoy. They kind of came up with this idea and they were trying to find a third and they'd seen me in some of the discussion groups and we were kind of trying to come up with the name. And yeah, we we like the idea of uh, outer brightness because it's this idea of that, you know, leaving the LDS church is scary. It seems like it's a dark place, but when you leave, you know, you're not leaving into a place of darkness, but you're you're being shown the light. So there's kind of this this... This uh, this dichotomy of you know it's scary leaving the church and you think you're going to outer darkness because that's kind of what you're warned about or told, but when you actually leave there and you kind of get there and Christ brings you into that uh, that faith as you said catching the fish and cleaning it, it's uh it's 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 much better and brighter than we thought it was. So yeah, we, we started that podcast around 2018, I want to say, and uh, we've been we we took a break for about a year because we were both busy and I got married and and uh, we kind of. Uh, restarted it though, so we're we're putting more episodes back up. Uh, I operate the YouTube channel, so we're on Podbean and Spotify and all those uh, places. But you can also check us out on YouTube. Okay. So we're down to the last minute. Just real quickly, you finished your doctorate in New York, got a yep. job in Idaho, got right. married. Yeah. You things tell are working me. out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just been just been God's uh, just been very gracious. So yeah, I started working at Idaho National Lab. I'm a researcher there. Um, I married my wife Rebecca in twenty at the end of 2021. It was right after I graduated, and uh, God's just been very gracious to us. Um, we were I was invited to join the book. Uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about talk about the book. I don't know if you still wanted to, but oh um, yes, oh. we need to talk about the book, which means <laughs> we'll be doing we got, we got, more. We're going to do yes. another one sometime. So we got we got to do All another right. one. So. Um, Sounds good. But anyway, you want to close us up, Lynn, here? Yes, sir. Grace and peace to you, friends. Thank you, Matt, for sharing with us your heart for Jesus. Until next time. Thank you so much, Matt. May God bless.